0: Let's get in the mood for this one a little bit. Travel with me back to the magical year of 1996. Get out those goth boots, get out that dark lippy, and let's put some dark eyeliner on. Manon is fucking waiting. So strap in, you goth queens, and light them candles, because it's about to get witchy in this bitch. (laughs)
1: Good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to Horrifying My Friends. This is a special episode of HMF where we horrify the host, Travis Ybarra.
0: Hello.
1: I am Sarah Rose, Trav's wife, and we have with us one Katie Kerr.
2: Hey, Boo. and of course, as always,
3: producer Kate, who brings the hot take. <laughs> Hello, uh, I like to call myself a theme queen. Thank you very much. Theme queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so this is one of our episodes. And for any listeners who are new and you're just coming in on this episode, Rose and Katie Kerr are previous guests. So go check out their episodes. It's apt that you are taking over today.
1: Um, It's also apt that Katie Kerr and I are here because we're going over a special movie in all of our hearts, us witchy girls, us witchy 90 girls, (laughs) um, The Craft. So The Craft was rated R, if you can believe that. If you've watched it, hopefully you've (laughs) watched it before you listen. There's no reason for it to be rated R, but back then it was rated R purely because It dealt with teenage girls using witchcraft, Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad. Come on, 90s. I didn't
0: even think about that. I was trying to think of, like, particular scenes that were gory, and I guess you're right. Like, I don't... I mean, there were no titties.
4: Well, there was no... Unfortunately, no. They they purposely only used fuck one time to keep it a PG-13 rating, because they didn't know that the witchcraft would make it an automatic R rating.
3: And for reference, Rose said 90s. This came out in 1996.
4: The story of the craft
1: is basically about Miss Robin coming to um, a Los Angeles high school, transferring to St. Benedict's Academy. She finds that her telekinetic gift appeals to a group of three wannabe witches who happen to be seeking a fourth member for their rituals. Bonnie, Rochelle, and Nancy... Like Sarah herself, all have troubled backgrounds, which combined with their nascent powers lead to dangerous consequences. When a minor spell causes a fellow student to lose her hair, the girls grow power mad. Um, And a bunch of great 90s goth madness ensues. Oh, yeah. So this is starring, and she's got to be... Number one listed, I M O. Katie's gonna have something to say about this. Miss ferruza Balk as Nancy oh, Downs. the best character number one. She's the best character in
4: the mean. movie. Yeah, I mean Neve Campbell's obviously not the best character in the movie, but she's number one in my heart. So that's what matters. <laughs> Nancy
1: Downs was played by Miss ferruza and she was a real practicing Wiccan. She had a lot of knowledge about paganism. Miss um, Ferruza understood that the filmmakers had to take certain liberties with the realities of witchcraft. So their characters were young and not interested in following the rules. So that's why they were, she wasn't super upset with them, I guess, taking a lot of those liberties and changing the rules. But she did say that every time a movie about witchcraft is made to market it, they have to distort it. And so she wasn't really a big fan of, of that when it comes to movies about witches.
0: Not to interrupt you, I feel like this is the the first movie that I've watched, maybe ever, that portray witches like just as normal people. And I just wanted to get that out there. Like I've always watched like movies where witches were like it was like a steeped, horror movie. It? Well, like Lords of Salem, like we covered Lords of Salem and stuff like that.
4: So you probably haven't seen Teen Witch, have you? No, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. But...
2: Oh, Sabrina! Yeah, Sabrina no, no, no. The, the Sabrina no, Show. No, no, okay.
4: It's a movie. It's an eighties movie. Okay, no. Teen
3: not. Witch has one of the most iconic rap scenes and cringy rap scenes of <laughs> all time. <laughs> it's great. I love it.
4: Yeah, Talk like
0: I, I was just thinking about that, but I was like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, I don't think I've ever learned more about it, if that is actual knowledge in this movie, like the Wiccan. You know, You'll find out. All right. You're going to learn. You're going to get
1: horrified you. today. So, Fariza definitely ended up typecast as the go to goth girl. But she is also an artist, a musician, and a singer. She's been in some fairly well-rated indie films as well, and she's been critical of the integrity of her peers in the showbiz, um, saying at one point they'd sell their children down the river if it benefited them. I think that she's evolved a lot, and become a totally different person than she's been portrayed as but um some of her other big films 1998's american history x and the water boy both oh, yeah. in yeah vicky of course and of course almost famous in the year 2000 so we also have miss robin tooney i think i don't know Tunney, T-U-N-N-E-Y, as sarah bailey sarah with an h okay She's not as cool, but, you know, she's kind of the fuddy-duddy of the group. What is? She's a little full of herself, but I'll get to my thoughts on that later. But she was in the Mentalist TV series from 08 to 15. I think that's probably been her most, like, her biggest thing since Uh, The Craft. She was also
4: in Prison Break, if I recall correctly. I think she was, yeah.
1: Rachel True, who I love as Rochelle. She truly did study tarot card reading. Um, She's pretty knowledgeable about mythology, and originally, Rochelle's character was written as a white girl, and she had to fight to get an audition. In her interview with Two Fabs, she remembers saying to herself, no, if anybody is going to be a little black witch in this town, it's going to be me. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so hell yeah, Rachel True. She blew it out of the park in her audition, and they decided to include a quote-unquote ethnic character, she said with an eye roll in her interview.
4: Literally the only ethnic person in the entire movie. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, which is real. classic 90s. So,
1: most recently, she's been in several things, um, but I think most recently, we've all seen her in at the HMF fam, Horror Noir, mm-hmm. the history of black horror. And you can find that on Shudder. We recommend it a lot. We're going to keep recommending it, especially in this time, like super relevant. And if you're becoming a horror fan and you want to know more about that, definitely check that out. And then we have Katie's Fave as Bonnie. Miss Neve Campbell. Dibs, Travis. I can't
0: think of any other movies that she's been
1: in. <laughs> yeah, right. So in 1996, The Craft was released early part of the year. What'd you say, Katie? Oh, May or I something?
4: What?
0: I believe it was May.
4: May or April. Yeah.
1: Scream came out, I believe, in October of 96. Okay. So a huge so year for her. The Craft came out in
4: May. Scream came out in December. December. Okay. December. Christmas through year.
0: Left. Big year for her and Ski.
4: Huge year for her Literally. and Ski. Literally. And that leads me to Skeet, Mr. Skeet Ulrich. 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 I'll
0: be honest. Ulrich? He didn't really do anything for the, me in this movie.
4: As like, I don't really know if he's supposed. And to. And he did in Scream. He was what he. Oh, did. he was really. Good he was in such Scream. a hot psycho. I mean, in he Scream. was good in Scream, but
1: he's a sleaze. <laughs> he was ball such a, a boat, psycho. <laughs> he was. Type. He might have hotter <laughs> <I> in Scream, <laughs> but he was a big sleaze. Skeet also was in Scream as Billy Loomis, sleaze ball, heartthrob. Of 96 Um, but recently he's had a huge role in the Riverdale series and he's been a part of that I think since season one that's the main part of the cast there's some other fun guys in there too but we'll leave it at those four or five this is directed by Andrew Fleming and the story was written by Andrew Fleming and Peter Filardi Fleming also directed and wrote the 1999 horror thriller Bad Dreams and is credited to a slew of directing roles mainly in tv um
0: 1989's also, bad dreams by the way
1: correction from trav <laughs>
0: freddy krueger knockoff
4: Ooh. see i haven't seen it hot take
1: also on my list to see is his 1994 rom-com threesome which involves a love triangle potential throuple before threpples were a thing so katie kerr and i will have to get back with you guys on that one
4: yes <laughs>
1: the craft is no doubt his <laughs> most popular uh credit in my opinion Villardi also wrote 1990 sci-fi drama flatliners starring I've, kevin bacon i've seen mm-hmm. it is it good you guys i haven't seen it actually it wasn't super i thought it was solid me. solid i, I didn't have to think re-watch it, was, it yeah well regardless it's worth tuning in to me because it has kevin bacon My one true love.
3: I feel like you put this fun fact in here just so you could talk about Kevin Bacon. (laughs) You might
1: be right. Um, It also has Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts. It's directed by Joel Schumacher, who recently passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, Schumacher also directed The Lost
4: Boys, a big household favorite, of course, as well as Batman Forever. So basically, he's just a Kiefer fan. And let's be honest, because back then he could get it. (laughs) <laughs> Kiefer could definitely get it. As good, Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. All of this was really just to
1: say <laughs> that the six degrees of Kevin Bacon is real as fuck. And also <laughs> that I think he's really cool. And he's still hot and he can still get it. Anyway. Wow. Music. <laughs> shameless. I'm shameless. Music was by Graham Revel. Also worked on The Crow, a Katie Kerr favorite. Oh, yeah.
4: Will forever be a favorite.
1: Composer of Sin City Um, He worked on Child's Play 2, Bride of Chucky, Spawn from *Dust Till Dawn, The Crush, Freddy vs. Jason, Planet Terror from Grindhouse, and 2005's The Fog. So I just wanted to let you know, this guy's been a part of a lot of Trav's...
0: A lot of my childhood. A lot of the aesthetic that I I really like. Besides the 2005 Fog. We'll just go ahead and leave that
3: off there. For sure, for sure. And this soundtrack is bomb it is it, it is bomb. it is
1: fantastic he has a pretty cool ted talk out there on youtube called how we think we think but i won't talk any more about that i just think that if you want to look it up you can the next thing we're going to get into is fun facts
4: like rose mentioned nancy was a practicing wiccan but they also had an actual witch consulting on the film they, really? they paid that was her sole job And in 2017, Andrew Fleming stated that Charmed actually ripped off this film. Fleming revealed he actually wrote a pilot based on the movie for Fox, which the WB was also strongly interested, and that it was his idea to have How Soon Is Now as the title theme. The pilot was not picked up, and the following year, Charmed premiered. Furthermore... Robin Tunney, stated that the riff-off was completely obvious to the point where people think I was on Charmed for years after.
1: That's petty. That's so shameful. That is very shameful. Do you
0: agree with that, Katie Kerr?
4: I mean, after you're watching it, I would agree with that, because like they do use that Smith song mm-hmm. in the craft, and then later they used it in Charmed, because Charmed came out in 1998, mm-hmm. so...
0: That song is just so perfect for like I know you brought up the soundtrack rose. That song is just so perfect for this movie. Like the it is even the the cover that they use in this movie. But yeah, anyway.
3: I have a question before we do more fun facts and get uh, into the movie, uh, Travis. How did this movie elude you for so long? Literally, I, did you uh, not watch it because it had girls in it? Like what? <laughs> <calling> <laughs> oh, <me out? laughs>
0: yeah, she's calling me out now. Uh, I don't I'm actually not sure uh, because interesting story my brother and Marion actually were just like how in the fuck are you saying that you haven't seen this because we watch this like all the time and my brother shared this story about like how him and Marion and Bobby and Ron were like the four uh, witches (laughs) and my brother's old Lumina he said Donnie is
1: definitely Nancy if he were any of them
0: yeah he said his old Lumina was missing the L and the U, so they called it... So it was Minna, and they called it the, Mo, the Manon. Manon. That was their Manon. Manon. But yeah, I just like... It's just one of those movies that I had never really... It was like one of the blind spots for me, which is really weird because, like I said, I love this aesthetic. I love this time period in film. Like, uh, late 90s, like mid 90s to late 90s is like my sweet spot. Hell like, yeah. I fucking love that. All right.
4: Ditto. Sarah, who... So she was... <laughs> almost bald when they started filming this movie because she had to shave her head for Empire Records. So in case it's not glaringly obvious when you watch it, she's wearing a wig through the whole thing. Like it She is. needed a better lace front. <laughs> it was trifling. So The Craft is also the highest grossing movie about witches since 1980.
0: What was number one, Lords of Salem?
4: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look them up for The tackles. Honest. So the snakes and the bugs were real. There were around 2,000 snakes in Sarah's house during that showdown between sarah and nancy the only thing that was fake was there was a fake cockroach on nancy's face
3: but all the other "Uh -uh." yes (laughs) so she they weren't coming out of her mouth and no way yeah there's some questionable cgi in this but we'll talk about that later (laughs) but the maggots
4: and the rats and everything were all real manon was a made-up god um the witch consultant didn't want like lots of teenagers trying to like because these were real spells yes they were real spells
1: so, if they were to use them in exactly the right way and try to conjure a true spirit.
3: Yeah, with enough belief, I guess, then they could make it happen. Right. Yes.
1: So, Andrew Fleming also, there's been some interviews about this, and they've talked about the fact that when they filmed the scene on the beach, they warned some of Nancy's, or I should say Feruza's real-life witchy friends, told her that that beach doesn't like pagan rituals. Well that was where they were filming the scene on the beach where they try to conjure Manon. During the shooting they had to reshoot that several times. Trav's going to get all into this because truly every time they would start the ritual and only when they would start the ritual the waves would start crashing. There was at one point a whole what do they call a bunch of bats a murder no, that's ravens. A anyway, a swarm of bats, a swarm no. of bats <laughs> was above necessary. them where they were trying to film that scene mm-hmm. and like just sort of flying around them. That's pretty um, cool. Their altar got completely knocked over and destroyed. But I read that the character Manon is obviously fake, but that it's the name Manon is similar to another, some type of name in the pagan um community of some type of spirit or something. So, maybe he mm. thought he heard his name, you know. Mm. Anyway, Morgan so <laughs> all in bad theory. hearing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, right at the exact moment where Nancy says, "Manon, fill me." They lost power, which is crazy. That would have freaked me out. I would be like, "We ain't doing this scene anymore?"
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: so this can kind of segue us into the conversation more about the movie and certain scenes, things like that, that we like analysis. Um, but the items they bring to the beach, I thought these were fun facts. Cause unless you're really watching closely, I didn't notice what they took to the beach the first time. Um, except for the butterfly, which I thought was easily seen that Bonnie is carrying in her jar. Um, so Rochelle in her jar, she has a clownfish or in her bag. She has a clownfish, um Rochelle's character in the movie is a swimmer um mm. and the pool is where her bullying is happening so it makes sense that she would bring a fish kind of but um Bonnie brought a butterfly which you could see as representing beauty and Sarah brought a love bird she wants Chris she wanted Chris to love her but now at this uh. point in the movie she's trying to break her love spell so she brings the lovebird with her to the beach um, Nancy brings a snake which symbolizes rebirth and renewal, plus snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, very Nancy of her. So let's get first reactions. I think we should have Trav since he's our guest on the horrifying the host. Let's get Trav's first reaction.
0: Like I said, like I, I really, really um dig this aesthetic in this time period. I really dug that they used like how soon is now And it made a lot of sense when you said that that guy worked on the Crow soundtrack because the Crow soundtrack's like one of the best soundtracks ever. A lot of these like I I love the feeling that this movie portrays and stuff like I love the teen movies of the 90s. So it made a lot of sense like that. We had to do this for the show because I was going to start loving another movie. My first impression of like the characters and stuff. I love Nancy. Like I think.
1: Hell yeah, Katie we'll, does not
4: like her. She is not cute, to Katie. I want to no, save. She's, cute. she's just highly, <laughs> highly unstable.
0: <laughs> I want to save my uh, character study for Nancy later on until mm-hmm. the themes. But yeah, I really, really dug it. But I want to hear you guys talk about like revisiting it yeah. for this new era. Since I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Blumhouse is planning a reboot or a remake. Yes of this movie
3: i heard something about that but is it necessary it's not but i'm down for it like i love a good witch movie with especially if they do it with teens true yeah
1: true i will watch something witchy any day of the week yeah
3: yeah i think the new generation needs its own craft sure i feel like with the craft there's so many parts of it that just they they won't connect with with it because it's from the 90s, right? When they were, yeah. ne- not everyone had a cell phone and mm-hmm. a computer in their hand and social media wasn't a thing. So I'm curious to see if they stick to the kind of the true, the original craft when they mm-hmm. remake it or if they make it for today's time. Yeah, I don't I'd like know. to we'll see, see something
1: new. Like, because honestly, mm-hmm. with all the technology we have, it could right. be even more wild and crazy. Well, and we
0: talked about. It could also how, be worse. <laughs> um, That's true. Um, <laughs> yes. um What was the black character's name? Rochelle. Rochelle. Well, in the new one, of course, they probably wouldn't fall into that trope of using mm-hmm. Rochelle as just well, a supportive friend. In this movie, that like she kind of is with well, all the racism and stuff. I mean, we'll talk
1: about that later. I disagree that she. I think she is a supporting lead, but I won't put Rochelle's character in the same category as that like best friend that supports the white girl completely because I think that Rochelle has her own story. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it a lot, and that's not something they were doing very often, especially in the 90s and beyond, like, earlier. Like, a lot of those black best friends, which it is a horror trope for sure, and if you watch horror noir, you'll see how true it is. And Rachel True is actually the one that talks about it. But I think in this one, it's still not great, for sure. There's It's definitely still there's, a problem. Yeah, there's tokenism
3: going on here.
1: Absolutely. Sure. But she at least has, I think it was a step somewhere because she at least has Rochelle's character has her own story her own problems and they tell it and it's not like she's just there which a lot of times Mm -hmm. that black best friend is just there and they all they do is say like supportive stuff to their friends like at least this in this one they do try to explore it it's not perfect and there's a lot that we can do better but yeah I think that's a little bit different than the others
0: as far as the remake goes, like, I think a lot of these, uh, themes and, uh, stuff presented in this movie, I think would s- still transition over well. Oh yeah. Even to modern times. Katie Kerr, I'm sorry to interrupt you.
4: No, you're okay. Um, I did like that Rochelle's problems were completely outside of her friends. Yeah. Like you said, so like it was completely her own story. Let's get Katie Kerr's,
1: uh... 50 millionth reaction since she's seen this movie so much too
4: accurate so it, it's been a couple years since I've seen it and I did not remember all the racial stuff and I feel like even now like since it's be- like it's more prevalent especially like I noticed it a lot more but overall the movie really holds up for me
1: I think that there Rachel talked about in a couple of interviews I watched with her just that people would young black girls would walk up to her and like give her a big hug and thank her and just tell her like I hadn't seen anybody like you, a character like you in a movie, and I saw myself there, and that meant something. And so, I mean, we talk a lot, representation matters, and it really does. It does. It does. So, producer Kate, Mm -hmm. you've seen this movie several times. What do you think of it, this view?
3: The same thing I've always thought about it is that I love this movie. (laughs) I first saw this with my friends in junior high. Um so we <laughs> so the craft aesthetic, the fashion aesthetic especially oh, yeah. um has always been um a thing that my f- my friend group from that time and a, a lot of a lot of them are still my besties. Um we will often have like nights when we're going out like girls nights and we'll be like how are we going to dress tonight? I don't know. How, what are you going to wear? And it's like let's let's dress like the craft let's all look like girls from the craft and we do and it's it hits every time. Like we're turning heads as the craft girls so we we love the fashion we love the the soundtrack to this movie we love the the friendship when it's good in this movie and you can argue there's always like the nancy nancy's intentions always kind of tinge what could have been a really cool thing with them all even from the start but it's female friendship female power it's a it's a horror movie that honestly I probably couldn't name another one off the top of my head now where all the leads are female. There's such strength in every single one of them, you know, and they're not just being killed off as like a a character. Yeah. You know, and Scream came after this. Um, Yeah, I mean, not long after, but it came after before I think I had ever seen like a female lead. What are they? Like a final girl kind of thing. This is one of my, the earliest horror movies I ever saw. Yeah. Um, so it made a big impression on me and I I love it.
1: So I, when I watch this film over, I'm like, this is violent. It's catty. It's really fun. And sometimes it gives you the creeps, but other times it just makes you cheer. So I think it's pretty simple in how it presents. I don't think there's like a lot of digging you have to do to analyze this movie, but the themes are... Huge! They're important themes. They're great themes when you're talking about a witchy movie with a bunch of girls in it. My first take was that Nancy is both a badass goth queen witch and a conniving, deeply self-loathing, self self-loathing bitch toward those who really have her back, which I found super problematic. Um, we've all known that girl in the group that's just a backstabbing bitch, but I kind of understand why a lot of their characters. I I get why they do what they do, and we can talk about that a little bit. I understand to a degree why Nancy would go to the lengths that she did. It doesn't make it okay.
3: Yeah. Why don't we start with uh, Travis's take on the story itself, like the plot and the story?
0: So one of the things I thought was really cool, like with this plot, was the character of Nancy. And I know I brought her up a a lot, but I just thought it was worth noting. Like Nancy, and this maybe even goes into themes as well, but I think that responsibility with Nancy's character and the use of power in this movie. So power corrupts, uh, like like in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that's evident in this movie where you have Nancy, the villain. But like Rose said earlier, Nancy is a villain that you somewhat understand where she's coming from. And why she is the way that she is, and I really dug that because those are the best villains. It's like you see Nancy's home life; you see her stepdad, like he like makes a little pass at her while she's like at the sink and stuff. And her mom's like this drunkard, and like her family life is just really fucked up. And for her, this witchcraft is like a way out of this. And she
3: goes to a fancy private school. Yeah, and assume assuming on scholarship because Mm. like her family's dirt poor so all of her friends are rich and that that weighs on her that envy and comes in to play as well sort Mm. of driving her to make the choices she makes
0: Mm -hmm. and i just really really dug that because that's like i'm like as you guys all know i'm a comic guy so like i look forward to good villains and i think nancy is like a really good villain because she has a lot of like badass scenes and stuff and Definitely. I think all the girls use power like kind of in the wrong ways and then you got and I know we're getting into themes and stuff, but you guys will obviously have other themes than I do. But it's like they all are corrupted by this power in a way. And the main character has a way of acceptance, like her accepting the way that she is. Which I thought was kind of cool.
4: She kind of came to like the realization that they probably were using their powers for wrong. Like, mm-hmm. a lot faster than everybody else did.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, Nancy really never had that moment. I appreciated that. And I liked that she she was different, like, in the aspect that she was more of, like, a natural witch. So, she kind of had, like, power without having to pull it from other things like the other girls did.
0: Yeah. Nancy was the Sith. Like, if we're <laughs> talking Star Wars, Literally. she was. Because it, like, it corrupted her. Like, the power. And I thought that was, like, really a really cool idea.
3: Is there anything you would change about the story? So, not so much the themes, but, like, what actually happened in in this movie?
0: Actually, no. Okay. So, this is what I would change. The boy, like, the whole boy theme, like, the whole boy being even in the movie, really. I don't think Skeet really, like.
4: Like, why? He didn't add to it at all.
0: I don't think he did. (laughs) And I I wasn't, like, in Robin's. what What was her name? Sarah. 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 So, Sarah, like, wanted her to, like, like her so much. And I'm like, why? Like, at the beginning. like wh-
3: Yeah, she said, like, I know it's pathetic, but I just want him to like... I just want him to be into me. Um, and this is after he had treated her like shit and spread a rumor about her at school, has the whole school laughing at her, humiliates her in the hallway, and she still wants him to like her.
0: I felt like that was so forced. Like, the... Just that whole part of it. That so, yeah, was, like, that's one, one thing. It,
3: it is also a key linchpin, though, of in of the plot. So, if that did not happen, Sarah would have never, like, been endeared to Nancy and her group. Because mm-hmm. he had done the same thing to Nancy, so they bonded over that. That's true. And that's what made her be like, you know what, my loyalties are with the girls.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, it did play a role, but I agree with the take that Nancy or not nancy sarah like has bigger stuff that has gone on in her life that would probably that she'd probably want to take this moment to call men on to help her with Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be as frivolous as making a guy like you Mm -hmm. i think that's um yeah that's a good way but it is a teenage thing to want to really want someone to to like you and to crave that kind of attention But, I mean, her mom – she never knew her mom because her mom died in childbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that she tried to commit suicide at some point. We don't know Mm -hmm. why. They never tell us. Or I missed it. No, Mm -hmm. they didn't explain it. I missed it for many years. (laughs) But anyway, so, like, there's all these things that they just leave unanswered. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's, like, of all the things that she would want, like – a guy to like her. Maybe she'd commit, like, try to commit suicide over a guy one time. Maybe that was it. I don't know, but so... we'll never know because they didn't put it in, in mm-hmm. the story. I think that's the main thing I would change.
0: And I think the reality is that Skeet was probably an up and coming hot young guy, and they wanted him for the movie, and they probably wrote his character <laughs> into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's probably why he was even in it is because he was like up and coming and you know young and hot.
1: I didn't mind the plot i thought that uh, i agree with you guys about um sarah's character Mm -hmm. like yeah i feel like multiple times i wrote in my notes like really it is pathetic girl Mm -hmm. that you of all the things you just moved to this town like you could ask for it to be easier to make friendships or to take it really dark she could have asked to somehow communicate with her dead mom like Mm -hmm. that she never got to speak to like that could have been a really dark kind of cool turn to the movie but i don't think it would have lent to like kay said about the plot with nancy because though they bonded over that like commonality between the two of them i think nancy was kind of jealous that she was able not just jealous of sarah Because she was able to get Chris's character to take notice of her and like fall in love with her, even though it was a spell. But mainly, I think, jealous of her power and her like ability to cast a spell so strong Mm -hmm. and it worked. Like, so I think that was like the main thing. And that's a big theme is like envy in this movie. I agree.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's true of every character, Rose. Like, Nancy's obviously very jealous of everyone in her life, basically. So, Rochelle. if anything, she's envious that all the people, the white people around her have to go struggle. Like, she struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair.
0: That one chick is brutal to her, man. Yeah. <laughs> i like, yeah.
3: I wrote down some of the quotes because, like, she was just downright awful. Yeah.
4: Awful.
0: Like, brutal.
3: Yeah. And then, Bonnie. Bonnie's obviously jealous of, you know, anyone who's... She's got these horrible scars from a burn... An incident where she got burned badly. Um, and so, she's... Envious of all these pretty girls and the attention that they get. And that's kind of driving her. And so everyone's got this sense of jealousy going on. Yeah. Do we want to... I mean, that's a theme. So we are Let's already Let's talk in, about the themes. We're, we're deep Let's into, themes. into the themes. And I, I remember talking with Rose about this movie. Um, Like she watched it with me again at my house. And she has like a huge list of themes. And that's what's cool about this movie is there are so many you could talk about. But what are, what do you guys think are kind of the big central ones?
0: My first theme was, I'll go acceptance. So I talked about it a little bit earlier, but Sarah with Sarah, with the Sarah character. And, um, I guess I talked about power as well earlier, but acceptance with the Sarah character is accepting who she's truly meant to be and what she was born as. Cause as we mentioned earlier, she can legit do that with the pencil and shit oh. and the other girls sorry
1: and her mom was a natural born witch as well like Mm -hmm. she didn't know that until she went to the store clerk really the owner of the occult store that Mm -hmm. they kept going to to shop and to shoplift the owner was a witch and so she said you didn't know your mom was Mm -hmm. also a
0: witch and the acceptance also has to do with the power like those two are kind of connected because it's like what to do with that power Because there's a scene when uh, they're in the car and Nancy's just running red lights, and she's like, you know, sooner or later, one of those lights is going to be red or whatever. And they bring up karma quite a bit as well. It's like, comes back three times. Yeah.
2: Yeah, whatever
3: you do comes back Mm -hmm. in threefold. Threefold, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Do you guys think that the way they show karma in this movie is like a fair representation, even by their rule of. what you do comes back threefold? Like, do you think that Uh, what the girls experienced was fair?
4: Yes and no. I don't feel like, apart from losing their powers, Rochelle and Bonnie were really penalized. I mean, where is their karma?
1: They definitely, I mean, they deserve to lose their powers for what they did at the end. I agree,
4: but, I mean, they did some pretty nasty stuff, or at least helped with some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. I mean, I thought Nancy's was accurate, because... I feel like she really spearheaded a lot of the meanness um, because she was ended up in, like, an insane asylum. Yeah. I mean, she killed two people in this
3: movie. Right. Yeah. Um, and, tried, and she legit, tried to kill Sarah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. I mean, her ending up in an insane asylum, not really that, that karma times self-killer. three. I right. She would be dead three yeah. times right. over. <laughs> not shocked by where Nancy was taken. That scene but, so
0: killer, too. They reminded me of uh you you brought up Batman Forever, but it had a very similar.
4: I could see that like
0: cool cool ending to me where she's like I'm flying or like something like that. Yeah, so... not r-
1: super realistic at all to the times where we were <laughs> with like, not that we were great at mental health in that time, but we weren't. Uh, yeah. Still there, they took it like kind of to a vintage, oh yeah. uh, asylum type of thing. But what did you guys think of Sarah's oh, Karma?
4: Really quick, so that was actually the alternate ending that they ended up going with. Cause they also had an ending where, um, Sarah went to visit Nancy and tried to help her. Oh, but they ended up not I going like with the that ending option. they went
1: with. So I, yeah, did I do too. So do you guys think that it was like fair karma for Chris to try to rape Sarah's character? Cause she packed. So she cast this love spell, which she even says at one point, I just wanted him to like me. Gosh, like all this stuff is happening and he's crazy. Like, I just wanted him to like me. And then he, like, when he, when they drive up to sort of the lookout, where you can tell that's where people go to make out and stuff, he attacks her, um. essentially chases her away, like he's trying to get to her. And my, like, initial thought and what I wrote in my notes was, like, you don't rape somebody if you love them. And Kate and I sort of talked about, like, well, if you're, that if you buy in that much to rape culture and if you've been so entrenched in rape culture that you don't recognize that rape is harming somebody or that rape is something you don't do to somebody that you love it's something you don't do period like maybe so even though the love scale was love spell was cast on him that doesn't erase that he is still entrenched in in rape culture like in his psyche so what do you guys think of that whole scene because that's kind of a heavy Theme I think is the sexual abuse and Nancy encounters some of that with her um, past with Ski and with her stepdad. It's a lot of trauma,
0: but I think that that's a commentary also on the responsibility part and the acceptance part of her powers. Because it's like she put that spell on him, and it came back to her in that way.
3: I think. What Do you think that was fair? I think what Rose is saying is that. A more appropriate exaggeration. So, if she casts a spell to make him love her, and the more appropriate karma of of that love coming back to her times three would be him. Maybe instead of trying to rape her, instead maybe he becomes like obsessed with like helping her, and he's a hoverer and he's a smotherer you know and he's just like in her business all the time but i will say if they didn't take it to the violent end of of things with with the attempted rape then there wouldn't be a catalyst i i mean for a nancy re- to go re- to the party yeah a reasonable catalyst right. yeah, for nancy to go to the party and mm-hmm. she does eventually have one of the coolest scenes where
1: and like nancy in her own way him. like that was a really rapey of her to change her entire look to look like Sarah mm -hmm. and to entrap him like that. That's right too. Mm -hmm. That's
0: that's what I'm getting at though, is that like you don't, and that lady at the store was telling them like Sarah was really playing with that power. Yeah. And that made him like, I'm not saying he wasn't like rapey before, but like she's playing around with power that she doesn't understand. Yeah. So, But I mean,
1: love spells are something that have been talked about in all kinds of uh, different books and movies and... I just don't see them as, and I don't think Sarah meant hers to be malicious in any way. So I found like the maliciousness of that, like threefold coming back to her, was a little bit see, much, but I understand that they used it as a plot device too.
0: And I think she was being malicious.
3: I mean, they that. were torturing him a little bit. Yeah.
1: I mean, she definitely enjoyed it after it started mm-hmm. having its effects. She definitely enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So maybe the karma was more for that, the fact that she was. I will say... Enjoying per- torturing him a little bit too much.
3: Consider this. So perhaps you could see it this way too. What love looks like is unique to the individual, right? True. So they cast a love spell on him for him to love her. But he doesn't know how to love a person properly, mm-hmm. a girl properly. They, they show that early on. He He treats women like shit. So maybe that's what happened is like that love spell hit him threefold and it exaggerated three times the misogyny and the the rapist in him I could true that's a good point
0: it's kind of like what it's kind of like a theme of like a tells from the crypt episode or something it's like she's cast a spell on him to love her but that she didn't specify what type of what lo- like you like you just said you don't know what's, what where that love is going to end up if or someone's entire... obsessed with you right
1: yeah there's also like I was just thinking when she goes to the store to talk to her mentor essentially about like how do I get rid of this love spell and she's like oh it has to run its course and that like was not the foreshadowing I needed much darker foreshadowing to that moment because I was like damn Jesus Christ like but yeah it was like I guess that's maybe running its course is him going crazy but.
0: But, yeah, I thought that it was, like, a really powerful scene, to be honest with you. Like I said, it threw me back to, like, the old EC Comics and Tales from the Crypt stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Of, like, be careful what you ask for kind of thing.
3: Yeah. I think another good theme worth talking about at least a little bit, because I really hope we get into, like, favorite scenes and favorite quotes and stuff, because mm-hmm. this is chock full of, like, iconic stuff. But is the whole good versus evil, or honestly, the balance of good and evil in nature, because I think Wiccans would agree that a lot of what they what they believe in and what's central to them is nature, yes, if you don't have balance in nature, then things go badly, and that's what you see in this movie. You see a lot of light and dark, a lot of good and evil, and it's just like kind of in your face mm-hmm. when
4: I was researching for like the fun facts, like their consultant said that. There wasn't any, like, good power or dark power. There was just power and then the intent behind it. Mm -hmm. So I like that they kind of, like, stay true to that in the movie.
1: And, like, that it's in the heart of the witch. Yes. Whether there's good or there's evil there.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point, Katie Kirk, because, like, I don't think any of these girls were, like, innocent in their power. I agree. Like, they were... Like, they, they all dealt with it in their own ways, but I, I dug that they weren't all innocent.
3: All the things they asked men on for were, came from a place of longing,
0: mm-hmm. right?
3: We can go through them. Bonnie was longing to be pretty and not have her scars. Rochelle was longing. And what I liked about this scene, when they're stating their intentions in the woods together, before they do the big ritual on the beach, you notice that every, everyone but Nancy has balance in what they ask for. Mm-hmm. So Bonnie asks the girl with the scars asked to she wants to love herself more and have others love her more. Or that's who was that was that Sarah or Bonnie? Sarah. That Bonnie wanted Sarah. to be beautiful Bonnie on wanted the outside to be... as well as in. Right, right, yes. right, right, right. Um and then Rochelle wanted to not hate the people who hate her, which I think is big of her. That's a Oh. I mean, completely. she honestly probably had the best to ask. Um the most, I mean, the most good well-intentioned ask because there's not it's not it's not really that selfish um in my opinion the others were a lot more selfish and then of course nancy just asked for all the power of men on
2: mm-hmm. like
3: right. <laughs> she's got no balance and you see what happens to her in the end right and I feel sarah's
1: like, like is that all like i
3: geez. think
4: it's like the like the cu- like drinking from the cups was like foreshadowing too because everyone took like a step and then nancy's like i'm gonna chug this bitch give me True. everything <laughs>
1: Kate and I were like, "What was with the '90s, the '80s, and the '90s, and the like blood oaths? <laughs> like that yeah. was like such
3: a big yeah. thing that they I mean. did in the movie." And we have an upcoming episode, and uh, I think next week we're going to be posting our it chapter one and two episode. Mm-hmm. And like th- these blood oaths of the '80s and '90s, everyone just <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't f- it wasn't real, and it didn't count unless there's blood or wine involved.
1: I think Kate and I had talked about the fact that Rochelle's character. With her spell that she that Sarah helped her with braiding the strand of what is it, Laura Lizzie's hair into yeah, hers, that like
3: racist ass bitch. I just Literally. felt like
1: Bonnie and Rochelle's were pretty like, I mean Bonnie's was a big one. She had scars that would that'd be pretty powerful magic to be able to get rid of the scars. Mm-hmm. But they just did a protection sp- a protection spell for Rochelle. And, mm-hmm. like, she didn't want any of that stuff to necessarily happen to Laura Lizzie. She didn't cast the spell and say, I want Laura Lizzie to lose her hair. And I, at first I, like, was thinking about it. And uh, Kate and I were sort of talking outside of the pod about it. And she was like, actually, like, she didn't just want that to happen to her. It was a protection spell. And nothing was would have happened to Laura if she hadn't if she continued wasn't... to harass Rochelle.
3: And I think we need to be clear that the harassment was, like, far beyond harassment yeah like she was throwing racial slurs around at this girl every day i got torture. and torturing her and that came back on laura lizzie three times yes and she lost all her hair and a
1: bitch did deserve it so i didn't feel bad for her ass
3: (laughs) i didn't either that was
4: that was her karma
1: but i did enjoy i really liked if you want to segue into favorite scenes um mm-hmm. that's mine is one of my favorites is when laura lizzie's in the shower and she's lost all of her hair and she's obviously distraught like what did i do um and everybody in the that audience God, is like bitch dark. you know what the
4: fuck you did
1: <laughs> true but <laughs> rochelle's character is like kind of shocked like it's a shocking scene so of course she is shocked and i think maybe feeling guilty even though she probably shouldn't but it's probably a sign of a good witch that she did but I love the scene where she looks into the mirror, and when she's looking into the mirror, her mm-hmm. reflection is the back of her head.
3: Yeah, she doesn't see herself; she sees right. Like the reflection turns as well.
1: And I yes. thought that was really interesting. Like,
3: what does that mean?
1: I'm thinking like she couldn't even look herself in the eye, maybe in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that that could represent. Yeah, she didn't
3: recognize herself, maybe.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because like, although we could argue if that character deserved it or not i think yeah. that is like cray <laughs> oh yeah <to> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: but i don't know did they even know that that was going to happen to her i didn't hear in the spell them say anything about she should lose all of her hair if she keeps they didn't saying stuff to you they just said like protect her and if she continues to harass her she needs to get hers
3: mm-hmm. and she got
1: hers in the so, worst way so yeah sort so of the th- balance like nature took care of that yeah you so know, it was mostly Manon.
3: protection with like a hint of revenge right mm-hmm. right
1: <laughs> it sounds like manan I... took care of that bitch in my opinion okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's like... a good that's a good scene that's a really good scene it's a satisfying scene. that's one of my favorites all
1: um there are so many good scenes i could never tell you trav what was one of, all yours? of them but...
0: so one of my favorites um ha- well i think like most of my favorites have to do with nancy it's when she throws Skeet's character out of the window. Like when she collides up on Skeet's character. That's an and, awesome scene. Yeah, and her, yeah, pointy, her toes. pointy toes. Yeah, that yeah. scene is badass, man. <laughs>
3: that is iconic. But yeah. she's like which full
0: shoes dragging the floor. She's full on like dark witch at that point. Yeah, she's, so badass. she's basically
3: like float gliding over to him, freaking him out. Yes. He's already seen her shapeshift, which is scary enough.
0: Yeah, I listen to Scully Sky, like, really, oh. and I and I felt like it, not to go back to themes, but that scene in particular as well. She's accepting. I am like the bad witch, like mm-hmm. she's like I'm the bad guy, and I'm cool with that,
4: right? Like, May which as well is like, my
0: which makes her an awesome villain because it's like it's so fucking badass. Uh, the other scene was when she's like, kind of, her and Sarah are battling and stuff, and. I think she's saying that she's, like, done or whatever. And then she, there's, like, this big dramatic, like, wind and all this other shit where she attacks Sarah, like, for the final time. Mm-hmm. That scene was so fucking well done. It was. It kind of spooky. Because it showed, like, her power. Like, her and Sarah versus each other. Yes. I really, really dug that.
1: Yeah, she pulled off the, like, crazy, but, like, the intense... Oh yeah, and and the rage she pulled off so well.
0: It reminded me of Heath Ledger uh, in The Dark Knight when he's attacking Batman at the end, when he's just like throwing everything he can at uh, Mm -hmm. hitting Batman. Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: Yeah, I think when you when it comes to acting, like Nancy stole the show for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. she did. Oh yeah, sorry, Katie Kerr. What's one of your favorite scenes that we haven't talked about? So I really liked the
4: one that travis talked about i liked the be- like the beginning of the scene before the fight well not the beginning maybe the the middle where sarah kind of accepts she is what she is and then calls on Manon to help her and then she calls
1: on the four the guardian all the guardians oh, yeah. right
4: yes yes and then i also really liked whenever like after nancy walks on water and then you see the aftermath of the spell and like all the dead sharks on the beach and you're like oh, shit, there really is a balance and there is a cost. And she's just like, oh, they're just gifts. And you see how delusional she really is. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I forgot about that scene. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Disturbing,
0: too. Like, that scene is disturbing.
3: I got to bring up probably the most quoted scene of all time in this movie, which is the light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yes. I'm surprised um, that hasn't <laughs> come up yet. Well, I'm glad I get to bring it up because <laughs> that scene – um, Beyond the fact that, like, the effects itself, like, having her float up, um, I which I'm sure there's, like, some green screen action, like, with keeping, like, anyway, I just thought it was, it was so cool. It showed just, like, the innocence of the girls at that point. They didn't think, like, most of them, none of them really thought that it would work. Right. But you see them discover their power in that scene, which I think is really important. Again, it's another linchpin scene in the story. Um, that launches them into, <laughs>
2: in,
3: into like trying to do these bigger spells, and just something really cute from that scene that I I've always loved is um, when the mom b- busts in. Obviously, Rochelle falls there. And they have her, you know, floating in the air. Rochelle falls. The mom busts in. And goes, <laughs> what'd she say? She said, "Are you girls getting high?" Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's such just a literally. Thing to say. Um, but yeah, I guess that's probably a lot of people's favorite. And I remember as a teenage girl with my friends doing light as a feather, stiff as a board, thinking we were gonna fucking we really blow our friend we up in that the air. Girls. We really did. <laughs> Katie
1: Kerr and I definitely tried that, and it never worked.
3: And yeah, so. of course, it always ended in like hysterical laughter and us right. calling each other, you know, fat or whatever. <laughs> 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 it's your fault. Um, but you know, lovingly. What do you guys think of the guy? who, like, comes in. The snake guy? The snake guy. I knew the snake guy had to
1: get brought up. (laughs) He's like, Trav loved his death. Trav was (laughs) dying with laughter when he got hit by that car. I
3: was was like, you liked that
1: too much, buddy. So he
3: just, like, busts in randomly. He ain't even the right side of town. Right. Right. Into her house when they're unpacking and just goes, I found this snake out back. You want it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and at first I was like, could this be foreshadowing like for Nancy? But at the same time, he's just like, do you want this snake? It's- right. Well, I
3: mean, that is kind of what the universe puts yeah. puts out to her, right? Yeah. Nancy is a snake and the universe says, hey, here's this snake called yes. Nancy. Do you want her? And she takes her. Mm-hmm. Um, I so-
1: like, though, when he says, she obviously re- reacts with horror because this guy is... Creepy as hell on her doorway with a damn snake. And he says, relax, what's the matter with you? <laughs> like It's normal to be doing what he's doing. But yeah, she does. She does accept Nancy and, and take her. Doesn't recognize the, the evil, I guess, within or whatever.
3: So they call the four corners, right? So north, south, east, and west. Did you notice who, which one Sarah was? Was she north? She was north. And I just thought that was interesting. Her like true Makes north sense. being true north. She was the one. With Who, the natural with, power. Well, not just with the natural power, but with the best intention. Like, she knew yeah. when things were going wrong. The other girls went along with Nancy. Yeah. True. And she was the only one to stay true to, like, the goodness in her. And not be corrupted by what Nancy was bringing to the table.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Trav, I mean, we are horrifying you. Well, Rose is, and Katie Kerr are horrifying you. So, mm-hmm. what are some other things you had in your notes?
0: Most of my notes were, like, about the era and cool scenes and stuff. Trav's all um, about.
3: Any scenes we didn't cover? The vibes.
0: We're talking we're still talking about some of our favorite scenes and they're walking and how soon is now is playing and I always like think it's hilarious in these movies like we saw it in the faculty as well like during yes. the same era of like one teens walking down hallways like to a cool song and two like the football practices being like hilariously like faked. <laughs> Like it's like did nobody on set like ever play football? Like, <laughs> like they all got their the helmets off no. and shit, and they're like, yeah, they're like running around like real slow and shit. Nobody's really big.
2: It's yeah, just, everyone's like, funny.
3: scrawny. Well, it was a private school. I mean, it, we come, we come from a different kind of school district. With <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you mentioned the the iconic scene that happens in a lot of, of movies, which really originated with Heather's, which we covered on horrifying the host with these ladies last time. Um, which is the scene with the the girl click walking through the hall? Sorry if you hear Scully screaming in the background. She is on one. Sorry, She's I'm whining. usually
1: downstairs getting her to shut the hell up. <laughs> She's, <there>. like, I'm <laughs> <a theme."> She's <laughs> like, I'm
3: a theme. She's like, I'm a witch too. Yeah, um, she is though. But anyway, it, it, that you know the the girl click, which like always tends to be four girls ever since Heather's. Honestly, because um, you see this in Jawbreaker, you see this Mean in Girls, The Craft, Mean Girls. And it's always inserted in these movies to kind of show that, that they're, like, peaking. Their bond together is peaking. Their power in the school, um, and in this case, the school and, you know, town, is peaking. Like, everyone's just turning and, and looking at them and really appreciating their power.
1: So another theme that we talked about, you guys are kind of naturally have brought up, is unity. So Kate was talking about, like, the unity of the four girls and, like, becoming powerful because of that. And in a it was basically like a narrated by Feruza trailer almost of the craft, which came out really within the last decade, I think. She like talks over it as the scenes go through. It's actually a really fun watch, but she says that was oh, so like a live commentary. On yeah, the Where she's kind of the storyteller over nice. the top of it. Um, and it says they cease to exist as distinct individuals and take on a collective identity and then there's sort of that like invasion where nancy there's nancy as nancy or nancy as sarah um during that scene we talked about with um chris sarah's unnerved by her loss of self because she walks in and she sees that nancy has become her um this is these are the words that faruza uses in the little commentary yeah um, and she distances herself from the group and then her coven, which we haven't, I don't know that we've said coven, those whole thing somehow, um, her <laughs> coven sees that as a betrayal. Mm-hmm. So I think that we didn't really talk about the, the theme of the occult, which is like big and obvious. There's not really much to talk about. It's there, but yeah, I think that they are a coven. I think that's just the whole issue of unity and then how easily that can sort of crumble and fall apart.
2: <laughs>
3: and I think that it's important to to note too because we were talking about ba- how important balance is in this movie and in this religion if you will and this coven itself is not balanced yeah um, Sarah is the only one with power and the other ones don't have it and then all of a sudden there's a huge shift where two are super powerful two are not and it's almost like from the start they were going to implode at some point yeah like the mm-hmm. nature was going to balance them out or get or eliminate them you know so I think that's cool and it did
1: two of them lost their mm-hmm. powers Feruza probably did as well i'm guessing but uh,
3: nancy stripped her of her powers oh yeah yeah, yeah she 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 bound she her she bound her so i bind you nancy doing harm to ass. others and doing harm to yourself.
1: That's what I say to Trav every time he's trying to go to the China buffet. <laughs> I find you. I find you <laughs> Travis from doing harm to yourself and harm, and harm to me. How it never works. <laughs> it did, never does work.
0: Do we want to get final reactions?
1: So Wait, can I talk about some of the favorite quotes? There are some good ones, guys. All right, rattle I got them, got them a off. Quote too. So, <laughs> some of my favorite quotes, we are the weirdos, Mr. Yes. Oh yeah, that was a good, yeah. That was yes, good. under over the like shades um they call chris stepford boy (laughs) yeah (laughs) i thought that was hilarious and then i loved rochelle saying she doesn't want to be white trash anymore and i basically she says i just keep telling her you're white girl get over it
3: (laughs) i know that's so that's so poignant too because it's what people tell black people all the time right just get over it like right exactly
1: but yeah those are some of my favorite quotes i'm sure there's more but any from you guys
3: my favorite one was
4: whenever um Bonnie was like, Nancy, we need her. And she's like, Yeah, like a hole in the
3: head. And I, yeah. you know, I don't know. You, we it hear that me all the time. Every single time. Did this movie originate the Five Finger Discount? Oh, that's a good question.
2: Surely
1: not. Uh, surely not. What scene was that in? So it's
2: when, it's when they're stealing. At the, yeah, they're stealing uh, from the witch shop. So I wh- think Five
1: Finger Discount, discount was, was probably always.
3: Then. I don't know. They're in Witch Supply Plus. And I remember that's the first time I had ever heard. Five Finger Discount is when I was a kid, I was in junior high and I saw this movie. Ninety six. Hmm. Not uh, sure. Someone maybe. in the comments Chime do in. some do some research. Look up the history of Five Finger Discount. Yeah, <laughs> let us know. Let's get final reactions, final ratings, and
0: I would rate this a four out of five, and I I did or four to four and a half out of five. I'll
3: um, oh, see so he changed his. Kate and <laughs> I are eye
1: rolling at that and so he's now like four and a half okay I'll give it another I'm trying to laugh. think
0: of Heathers because I did like this better than Heathers like I think it's a stronger oh. ho- I think it's a stronger film uh, mm. um I think it's less problematic
1: well I think you really like the occult as well that's and like I, something that you well always enjoy I
0: really like the aesthetic better than mm-hmm. like as far as late 80s versus like mid to late 90s I really really like that. A little bit better mm-hmm. but yeah like i really really dug this and i'm glad that you guys had me watch it um i'm really re- looking forward to the next horrifying the host
3: yeah. hell yeah and this How is about? slightly more horror than heather's oh life. yeah <laughs> yes
0: barely though but yes
3: well yeah but we're we're here to bring you something you haven't seen yeah yet. i yeah. think we were trying to if we tried to get like a real horror movie like, uh-huh. something solidly in the genre we wouldn't be able to find something <laughs> that we've seen that <laughs> you haven't fair. um all
4: right Katie Katie Kerr. Kerr. I would give it a 4 out of 5. All right. I love the movie, but it's
3: not one of my favorites. Haters. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's a good score. Um, I would give this a 4.75 out of 5. Just because there are some very slight things I would change. Um, Maybe some different casting on some characters. But other than that, I mean, I feel like this this stands up, especially if you're a child of the nineties, you're gonna love this movie. And honestly yes. the fashion in this, i I mentioned it at the, the top of the show, but like the fashion in this is emulated by girls who've probably never even seen this movie mm-hmm. today. Like young younger girls yes. who are into the nineties aesthetic. For sure. They don't even know that what they're doing is dressing up like the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's pretty cool how um how influential this movie was on fashion itself like if you're if you're a girl that's into that or a guy that's into that
0: just a quick note uh one song that i forgot about that was on the soundtrack that i really really like is sick child by susie and the banshees but that's yeah. one of my favorite groups ever but susie and the banshees smith's cover i love the soundtrack yeah great mm-hmm. music
1: so i gotta agree with travis i'm gonna give this a four and a half out of five i think there were some issues i would say like kate but one of the reasons it gets a pretty good rating from me is that it does pass the Bechdel test, which is actually a really simple thing to do, but surprisingly, like hardly any movies do it. So if you don't know what that is, it's three simple things, three three simple rules that a movie has to pass. Um, one, it must have at least two female characters. Check. Two, they must both have names, so they can't just be unnamed Ladies mm-hmm. walking around, and three they must talk to each other about something other than a man. Sounds really achievable, uh, but according to our friends at the Bechdel Test Fest, of the twenty-five top-grossing movies of 2016, even only half of them passed that test. The Shit. bar was so low, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like the bar was so low. Um, research conducted at the Center for the Study of Women in Television and Film discovered. That of the 4,370 speaking named characters from the top grossing films in 2015, only 31.4% were women and 26.3% were underrepresented racial or ethnic groups.
4: Not surprising. Like,
1: yeah. It's kind of, it's still sad. We're hopefully getting there, but mm-hmm. definitely like the fact that this passed the test in 1996, I think that, and I think Scream probably did too. It had to because it did. Um, Neve and Rose McGowan like mm-hmm. both talk and they don't oh, just no. talk about men, like they Gail Weathers survival. Yeah, Gail. Gail Weathers. Yeah. So, anyway, that is part of my reason. It's uh, I I wouldn't call it a feminist movie necessarily, maybe a little bit.
3: I'd say it, uh, I'd, I'd yeah. say it yeah. mostly. Yeah. Mostly it is. Yeah. Or I think 1996. It
1: is. It's not anti feminist, that's for sure. But I think that that, like, always hits for me, just hits a good spot, just like Heather's hits a good spot. Um, but I wanted to close this out. Um, at least my part with a couple of reviews, and my first one is gonna be from Caroline Westbrook, who wrote this in January of 2000 on Empire. Um, For the first two thirds, this comes across as a lightweight cross between Heather's and the Witches of Eastwick. There's plenty of dark humor to savor too, mainly courtesy of the snarling, deliciously mean bulk, which is true. Although the conscious efforts to capture an adolescent audience mean the craft is never quite as warped as it could have been. I think it could have gotten really dark and that could have been a cool place to take it. But I see why they had to do what they did in the 96. Hopefully, um,
3: hopefully they do that in the remake and mm-hmm. make it really.
1: Yeah, I would like like a dark, really gory. Violent like what Sabrina the Teenage Witch pretty almost much almost accomplished. They still were a little bit tweeny humor like and tweeny things, but they got pretty dark in that like, in that show too. So yeah,
0: like Nancy's character going like way like too like way far. Yeah, would be cool.
1: Kate's like, did she go far enough? Shit. <laughs> but Caroline also says, what lets the film down badly though is its over reliance on flashy special effects, giving way to a final real showdown that becomes increasingly ridiculous by the second and cul- and culminates. And an unexpectedly malicious payoff, still with suitable suspension of disbelief. This makes for agreeable enough nonsense. Shit,
3: we didn't even fair? We did not even talk about the CGI. That is what I would change the most. So the, <laughs> the CGI mirror shatter at the end,
2: stupid. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. rid of it. Yeah.
3: The CGI Nancy walking on water. They could easily have put a like plastic platform or something. True. Yeah. Because she's walking on shallow water. She's not even like deep in the ocean. You're know right. What I mean? mm-hmm. Like they could have built something like that and had her walking so it looked that's a, a really more, good point more real instead of her literally that could like, have been water practical. Wasn't even like yeah it just it looked really bad yeah probably would have been cheaper too yeah and so i mean those those were like my the most egregious ones to me i don't know if there wasn't very much other effects i mean obviously them floating in the air but that was cool that mm-hmm. when all three of them are in nancy's house and they're trying uh, to really oh, scare yeah. her oh yeah and they all float in the air that's a good scene that we forgot to talk
0: about see i'm just thinking about how they could take like the nancy character darker and it's, mm-hmm. like, maybe she constructs her own, like, world around her and,
1: like... I thought maybe Sarah's character tries to resurrect her mom or some shit.
0: Well, and Nancy could build her own, like, Wicked Witch fucking anyway. goth palace and shit.
1: Mm-hmm. The possibilities Alice. are endless. <laughs> they are. Um, so, this was written in May of 1999, of 1996, 90, 90, um, by Roger Ebert, a favorite of Trav and Kate. So, you know, I had to get his take Sometimes. sometimes, 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 not all the time. Um, but you guys do like to bring up his reviews. He says, where exactly in Los Angeles are there gothic mansions in Bayou country? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Even the La Brea Darbits are landscaped. Never mind. The mansion is essentially making a guest appearance as atmosphere. It establishes a pattern. Many of the scenes in this movie have no attention span, do not remember any of the other scenes, and exist only on their own terms. The girls are all outsiders. They're... Classmates don't like them, which seems strange, since they have messy hairs, lather on black lipstick, wear leather dog collars, smoke a lot, have rings rings piercings, many of the penetrable parts of their bodies, sneer constantly and in short, look like normal popular teens.
2: <laughs>
1: Whatever, Roger.
3: I don't know. I mean they were probably a little gothy.
1: I thought they were. I was like, is he being facetious or not Well, the thing is, they 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 didn't
3: start out that way. They didn't all start out hot and, like, fashionable. Like, think of Bonnie's character in the very beginning. She's wearing, like, big sweaters, and she's – her hair's all in her face, and she's, like, really, you know, kind of to Uh. herself and shy. Like, they weren't all – And they don't portray them as
1: all, like, classically beautiful, like –
3: yeah, Roger you know. Ebert, come on. You don't, know anyway, girls. you don't know girls that well, but He says,
1: What I have always wondered about supernatural characters in movies is why their horizons are so limited. Which we kind of talked about mm-hmm. this just now. Here are four girls who could outgross David Copperfield in Vegas and they limit their amazing powers to getting even. The plot, in short, is beneath our interest. What is intriguing is that the four actresses succeed in playing their characters as realistic modern teenagers. The underside of the coin from clueless all for our convincing performers bulk relishes her character's loathsome behavior and rachel true has the sunniest smiles and store's day the movie's failure is one of imagination it tilts too far in the direction of horror and special effects when it might have been more fun to make a satirical comedy about punk teenagers
3: mm. uh, but i disagree but i do agree. we didn't ask
1: for the heathers when we wanted the craft i
3: do agree okay. that they could have had bigger goals in mind than true than just kind of Falling for the typical teenage ones, right? You know.
0: See, and I might contradict myself from earlier. I'm not sure where I stood on that earlier, but thinking about it more, I think that that is like their selfishness as well. Yeah. It's like the power, it, it's like in the uh, to bring up a recent movie, Avengers: Infinity War. Why doesn't Thanos choose to just double the resources in the universe rather than to deplete half the universe?
4: yeah that's a good point. Javis. He chooses yeah
0: he chooses that selfishly mm-hmm. there it's like you know that's that's what power does to you though like mm-hmm. that's what money and power does to you,
1: yeah I mean, I think his review is somewhat fair, like I think that they're i'm gonna say it's like fifteen percent fair, some of that, but <laughs> i mean most of uh as I'm looking at it, most of it's pretty true about the beginning and like the Uh, the atmosphere and things like that. That's true. But I think that the actresses, I'm glad he gave them credit because they did do a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. So I know, Travis, uh, you have a book recommendation, right?
0: Can I just say I want it? I want to see this. I know we can't because he's unfortunately passed, but I would have liked to have seen a Wes Craven, The Craft. I would have liked to have seen that movie. I think that movie would have been dripping with atmosphere and Nick Cave and Morrissey. I think that would have been cool. Um, yeah, this is like, um, I always pick stuff that's like kind of related. I think you would dig it if you dig this movie. It's, um, this is by Terry Moore and it's Rachel rising. This is like an indie comic. The first volume is called the shadow of death. Rachel wakes in a shallow grave horrified. She digs her way out and goes looking for her killer in the little town of Manson. What she finds is a trail of death following her and more than one blood chilling suspect. Rachel Rising will haunt you for life and death, but there's a reason I chose. It does get witchy, so <laughs> there's a reason I chose this. But it's on theme. This is like a, this is a really good read. And like I said, indie. Like um, if anybody likes like horror comics and stuff like that, like or more thoughtful comics, I would definitely recommend this. This is cool.
3: All right. Well, with that, we will close the show. You know where to find us on social media. You can always email us at friends at gmail.com until next time i don't know what the next horrifying the host will be yeah we well, got to talk about that we'll yeah that's i'm really excited to see it over. What, what comes next will it be a 90s classic or will it be something <laughs> as effed up as antichrist we don't know we don't know so you have to tune in next time uh thanks for listening please give us a review we'll talk to you later Bye. bye
2: I am the son and the air Of a shyness that is criminally vague Than someone else Of nothing in particular You shut your mouth, how can you say I go about things the wrong way I am human and I need to be alive Just like everybody else does of a shyness that is criminally vulgar and someone else or oh, nothing in particular you shut such mouth how can you say I go about things the wrong way I am I'm human and I need to belong, just like everybody else does. Inver-